Hello, everyone, and welcome back to everyone's favourite West Brom podcast, Talk Albion. Um, it's a nice self-proclaimed title. I, I'm here with my dad again, Matt Ward. Thanks for joining me, Dad. Thanks for inviting me again, Josh. And hello, everyone. Thank you all for listening. Yeah. It's been a long time since we've last done one of this. Um, the last time we did it, we, it was around the end of the January transfer window. So there's been lots of change within the club. Um, lots of games that have happened. I think it's been about maybe six or seven games since the last time we spoke. So, yeah, as things are things are looking a lot different down at West Brom, but we're still still going um, slowly and surely. Things are looking a bit more on the up, um, but we'll talk about that in a bit more later on. Um, so, I guess the first thing we'll talk about is the all, all the games that we have played since we last spoke. Um, starting off with the two-two draw at Fulham. That was a good result for us, wasn't it, Dad? Yes, it was a good result, and especially coming off the back of a five-nil hammering from Man City. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone expected us to get any points off Man City anyway. I know we managed to get a point off them at the Etihad, but this was a totally different Man City team that I think have now gone on to record twenty-one wins back to back. So that's an incredible incredible run of form by Man City. So we, we went into Fulham all looking for um, a much more improved performance. And um, yeah, I think the two all draw was uh, a fair result yeah. at the end. You know, um, we had Bartley scoring and Piera um, to put us 2-1 in the lead. That was after uh, Fulham going in the lead after 10 minutes um, and then Fulham managed to equalise. We couldn't hold on yeah. for the three points. It, it, it was a it's much need. As long as we didn't lose, uh, we did come away with a point and a much yeah. more improved performance all round, really. Yeah, and the uh, the addition of Bartley really seems to have uh, have changed the way we're, we've set up recently. He's been he's been very good for us. In recent yes, years. yes, definitely. Um, and of course, see, we're now beginning to see the introduction of the players that Allardyce brought in over the transfer window. We can talk about their performances after we do this roundup of results mm-hmm. um, since since we last spoke. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we we got a point from Fulham. Three points would have been um, much better for us, but the draw I think was uh, a fair, much fair, fair yeah. result. So we then went to go on to, to play Sheffield United away. Again, this was a, a match which we was all of us was um, pinpointing uh, three points on. Yeah. You know, um, didn't quite go our way that game. After going 1-0 up, I thought we'd uh, we'd be able to win. But uh, unfortunately, they were better on the West Brom because <laughs> we did lose in the end. Um, it would have been nice if Callum Robinson would have scored against his former club. But... Um, yeah, it didn't, that's right. Yeah, unfortunately, it wasn't the case. I think it was his birthday as well on the day of the game, so that would have been doubly nice. But yeah, yeah, not, and it's, it's something we so often see in football. You know, the first half was very much Albion dominated, and it gave us all a lot of hope that we could uh, extend on uh, Phillips's goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the second half belonged to Sheffield United, and. Um, they equalised, and I think it was Sharp that um, 
scored. Um, yeah, I think Sharp and McBurney, if I recall correctly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so very, very disappointing result that was. We was all hoping that we could have pulled some points away from Sheffield United. But I think Sheffield United, uh, didn't they beat Aston Villa as well? They, they managed to, to get yeah, a couple of they had beaten, results together. They'd beaten Manchester United in the weeks before the game. And I think they they've beat Aston Villa fairly recently. So they, they seem to have turned their season around a bit more and they can thankfully rest on assured on not being the worst Premier League team ever because Derby still hold that title with their mm-hmm. 11 points. But... Yeah, it was it was a disappointing day as a West Brom fan, but hey ho, what can you do? I, we were lucky yeah. to beat them at the Hawthorns at the start of the season. We was so maybe it was justice served. You never know. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so moving on, we 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 lost to Tottenham two nil mm-hmm. again. Um, first half, very very spirited performance by West Brom, keeping the scoreline to nil nil. Then um, a couple of moments of magic by Harry Kane, yeah, um, scoring one and then setting the other goal up for for Son, you know. And I think you could see everyone could see the gulf of quality in class uh, yeah. between the two teams, you know. Um, so we we did yeah. our best, but we we just couldn't contain the quality of of Harry Kane. I think the pass that he made for for Son. Um, to score his goal, you know, yeah. um, is a, you know, he's a he's England striker. He's a, he's a quality player, and yeah. he was the difference. Um, that was Kane's, if I can remember rightly. That was Kane's uh, game coming back from injury as well, and we wasn't sure whether Kane would be playing that match. And um, yeah, it's a shame he his did. Name, <laughs> yeah, his name appeared on the team sheet, and it turns out he was the difference between the two teams on the day. So again, another loss for the Albion. Um, But following that on Valentine's Day, we did have a bit more love in terms of scoreline. It was a 1-1 draw against Manchester United when we went up in the first two minutes, something like that, which was just completely unexpected. Um, But Bruno Fernandes does what he does, has been doing what he's done all season and equalised. Um, this time it wasn't a penalty. It was a very good volley on the turn or mm. on the swivel. Um, so we were we were unlucky to to lose that game because I it wasn't a game that I watched because I was getting ready for work at the time and I couldn't watch it. But I had all mm. my all my friends who were watching it text me saying, "Oh, you really should have won that." But, That's right. Uh, it's seen it's seen um, uh, Diagne's um, debut goal. Um, it's not well his first goal, it, not his date, not a goal on his debut. Not his was, first. Was it his? It was, his first, goal. It was his first goal, films. but yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was his first goal for the club, but it wasn't a, a debut goal because he'd, oh, okay. uh, he'd played for us before. Yeah, so Hawthorns. his first goal for the club, and we had other chances in the match as well. Yeah. Harry um, Maguire um, was very upset that he didn't get a penalty uh, against yeah. us. Uh, it seems to be the, the story with Manchester United at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. No way was a penalty. No. Uh, you could you could see that there was if there was any contact, it was it was minimal. And I thought Maguire uh, should have been booked for for diving and protesting. To be honest, because it was absolutely Maybe. pathetic. 
Um, um, yeah, he, he was very unlucky right at the end, though, when he had a court, uh, a header go nearly in, straight into the top corner, but Sam Johnston pulled out one of the saves of the season yet again to put it onto the post. So, Yes, that was a fantastic save onto the post, fingertip save. Hmm. Absolutely brilliant. And uh, it, it only um, strengthens his, his call to be um, included in the England squad, as far as I'm concerned. I think Sam Johnston's having a brilliant season. Yeah. Yeah, personally definitely. yeah so very, very unlucky draw there but then again a very very unlucky draw against Burnley later in the next game where we went to Turf Moor and got a, a nil-nil draw a classic West Brom versus Burnley scoreline I think that's a sort of a cursed fixture that's always bound to be a, a nil-nil draw but. Yes, Burnley seems to be a bit of a difficult place to go um, to and get points from. And um, But how on earth we didn't score, I just do not know. Uh, we had several chances mm-hmm. um, and the, the ball just would not run to us. Um, Diagne had a couple of golden chances to, to score for us. I think Piera had a couple um as well and we just could, we just could not get the ball in the back of the net. Yeah. So... Um, well, I look at that result and think, kind of think to myself that it was two points dropped rather than a point gained by us. You know, um, extremely unfortunate. But you could see the the defence is beginning to gel a bit more now, and it's a little bit late in the season for me to be saying this. But um, you <laughs> yeah. know, with with only eleven matches left of the season, and we're I think it was only our second clean sheet of the season, mm. you know. Yeah, um, it, not it was, ideal, but I think the, with the introduction of the new defensive midfielders and Maitland-Niles, who signed for us on deadline day, and Yokosulu, who signed for us as well, they've been absolutely sorry. rock at the back. And in the Burnley game, we forget we did go down to 10 men with Semi Ajayi going off at the first half, so it could have been a very different game, unfortunately. It didn't go the way we wanted, but mm-hmm. fortunately, Burnley did stay on the on the back foot and didn't really attack our defence much. That's right. But even even down to ten men, we were we was attacking and we kept a clean sheet, and it yeah. was it was a very good performance all round, really. Apart from we just we just could not score to save our lives. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, which then we uh, we come on to the next game against Brighton um, last week, yeah. where we we come away. Um, opposite story, we, we come away with a 1 0 win this time. Thank yeah. goodness we got three points, long awaited. Um, but our, second, when, our second win over sat with Sam as manager and our third overall this season. Yeah, but how on earth we managed to um, come away with a win from this one? Uh, yeah. to- totally opposite from the Burnley game. A very, very fortunate three points we had luck on our side on, on this occasion. Yeah, um, two I missed believe. penalties and a VAR incident was on our side, but who knows what could have happened? I'm I'm just surprised we kept a clean sheet, let alone a win. Well, um, the the VAR offside goal was a complete and utter farce yeah. to begin with. So they 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 should, in my opinion, Brighton every right to feel uh, very hard done by by that decision by the referee and VAR. Um, I think if it was the opposite way around and that was against us, I would be absolutely fuming personally. Mm. Um, so we got away with that one. And then what on earth they were doing with the two penalties 
um uh, i do not know <laughs> yeah who knows? i think with the uh, with the free kick incident before we go on to penalty i just think that brighton players should have had a bit more class about them because they were trying to take the free kick when from what i can see and from what i remember it they were trying to take the free kick when sam drops was still setting up his wall that's right so they should have had a i know that they're they're in the in the midst of the bottom but there's just a bit they should have had a bit more respect in my eyes because mm. like it's not I think they got away with it before against Liverpool, but it was a more of a case of it was just a surprise shot from Lewis Dunk. But I think yeah. they tried to do the same thing, but with the goalkeeper all the way on the other side, moving his moving his wall, it's just you shouldn't really be even considering about taking the free kick then. But I, I, I can understand what the ref's done because from all accounts, um, is it Doncaster referee if he could take it quickly? Yeah. And uh, the ref said yes, blew his whistle without realising that Sam Johnson wasn't ready mm. and then blew the whistle again when he realised he'd made a mistake to stop play and he blew the whistle before the ball had crossed the line. Yeah. And then he changed his mind and then awarded the the, yeah. the goal and then VAR got involved and said, no, you can't because you blew the whistle to stop mm. play. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was... Just a complete mess, really. Yeah, the the officiating in the Premier League recently has not been as the standard as it used to be with with refs. Not that it was ever amazing in the first place, but we just in recent weeks it's just been appalling. I think Mike Dean has been getting a lot of abuse for some of the the wrong decisions he's made, and overall yeah. the the officiating in the Premier League has has just not been very good. And I think VAR hasn't helped that because it's highlighting just how bad it is as well. So. That's right. So after the Burnley game and Brighton game, the the Burnley game we should have won comfortably, <laughs> yep. but we come away with one point, not three. The Brighton game we should have lost at least three one, but <laughs> we come away with a, a one 0 win. Yeah. Uh, so out of those two games, we come away with four points. Um, yeah. If you told uh, me before the Burnley game that we'd have had four points, I'd have taken it. Definitely. So points come was very fortunate against Brighton, as we know, very unfortunate against Burnley, but it seems to have evened itself out. And we, we, we've got four very, very important points for us. If our objective, if we're going to reach our objective to, to stay in the Premier League and um, the next match, Josh against Everton, one um, nil loss. Yeah. Any thoughts about that game? I think, it was a game. I, I again, I didn't watch it because I was. I can't remember what I was doing, but I, I think at the time, a lot of the games I hadn't watched, we'd done very well, and so I thought I'd decide to stay away from all, all of West Brom games until we lo- lost. And uh, fortunately, this was the game. But from what I could see on the stats, it seems to be one of our best games in the league yet because we were most even. I think this was the first time in a while where we hadn't had thirty percent possession or under, and. Um, we had lots of chances as well, or lots of shots and shots on target, probably equaling Everton's chances. So I think this is a game we could have quite easily nicked a win from, at least a draw. And we did have the ball in the back of the net at one stage, but it was was given offside for yes. the Agni. But Richarlison did did put Everton one 0 up, and they they carried on and managed to keep their clean sheet. Yeah, VAR came to curse us once more. Um, it was um, a really good move, uh, passage of play by the Albion, uh, which would have been our equalising goal, you know, and it just looked like the VAR 
gave it offside for the slimmest toenail on yeah. Diagne. You know, to me, it's absolutely pathetic. Um, yeah. it, you know, what's happened to the body being in line with the defenders? Yeah. You know, um, I can't see what advantage having one toenail distance between no. is going to be any advantage um, to a, a, an attacker or any less advantage for the defender. The ball. Yeah. You can see, and it's not just the Albion, um, it's all teams have been affected by this absolutely ridiculous fine line margin of, you know, in my opinion, they should really reconsider what their class has been offside because yeah. uh, historically it's always been if the players are bodies are in line with each other regardless if one person's got a size 12 foot and the other one's got a size 10 foot boot yeah you know um yeah. one thing i will say about the goal is the fact that the the linesman did flag it gives me more like because without var that would have been given as offside anyway mm. but with var it's just it makes it more frustrating because it was it was about that much you just sort of know he's either guessing I, or misread the timings and stuff so you, yeah but i guess the, the linesman um they don't have to worry too much about it now because if they get the decision wrong it mm. goes to vine it'll be overturned anyway so i think they're flagging for things which they know that if if they get the decision wrong yeah then it's, it will be overturned uh anyway um so yeah. Yeah, I think they need to use a lot more common sense when they're using this offside rule. Yeah. Maybe favour the attacking. Of course, it could come and bite us <laughs> on the backside um, yeah. with other teams, but I thought the whole purpose of football is to score goals and entertain fans. Yeah. And I mean, Scott Parker had a press conference the other day and he voicing his thoughts on VAR. And if you haven't seen it, I, I do encourage yeah. at home, if you haven't seen it, I do encourage you to go and listen to it because I think he's speaking a lot of the like a lot of the thoughts that we're all having about VAR, and I, I don't think there's one person at the minute who says that VAR is a good thing. I think this season has definitely highlighted it. I know that last season wasn't very good, and it's part of the joys of us being in the championship is we don't have to deal with VAR. Mm. It's just good old fashioned linesmen and fourth officials yeah. and officials. So, well, whether we like it or not, it's here to stay. Yeah, and um, it for me, it is spoiling. Um, what we've grown up to know as football mm. and what we got used to, you know. But I do think there's there's a lot of room of improvement yeah. there because all teams seem to be suffering because you know um, of these ridiculous hairline decisions. Yeah, which it's absolute nonsense. You know. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's my thoughts on VAR and there. So, from a possible twenty-one points uh, out of seven games, Josh, we um, we managed to come away with six points from mm -hmm. our last seven games, and that leaves us in the table, um, uh, still in nineteenth. Um, we're six points behind Fulham. Yeah. Um, and we are nine points behind Newcastle with both and of Brighton. those um, and Brighton. Both of those teams have a far, far greater goal difference on us. So 
in reality, we need to get 10 points from somewhere mm. to to overtake Newcastle yeah. um, and Brighton. Or score a lot, a lot of goals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the difference is Newcastle's on minus 17. We're on minus 36, you know. Um, but most importantly, we need to get 10 points um, over the next few <laughs> coming weeks, few matches, in yeah. order to... Um, uh, give us any kind of survival hopes. Now, it's, I do believe um, we've got 11 matches left yeah. uh, for the remainder of the season. So it is, we have got games um, available to get those points from. It's not mathematically Impossible. done yet. So what do you think? Is it doable? I think with, with Lady Luck and God on our side, it could very well be possible. Um, we've got some... Good couple of fixtures coming up next, which are very winnable. Um, we do have quite a tough run in. I, I, I know that we've got Liverpool on one of the last games of the season. I think Leeds is our last game of the season. That's so right. We might be able to, if we get in a position, it will be very close. And I think if we're going to stay up, it will be on the final day of the season. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll mm-hmm. just, we just have to see. But we've got an international break to get through yet. So some players who play for the likes of Brighton and Newcastle could go away, get injured, and then that changes the whole season mm-hmm. um, or the whole rest of the season, I should say. So we just have to take it day by day. I think realistically we need to win at least seven games to be in the chance for staying up because then mm-hmm. Newcastle and Brighton will keep on winning and we need to make up the 10 points. So that's at least three wins and a draw to mm-hmm. to catch up, but we need to keep the momentum going. That's right. And of course, our next fixture is indeed Newcastle. This is vital. We can, we can, um, if we can get a win, this will be a massive, massive three points towards our survival bid, you know. Um, So, gosh, 12 o'clock Sunday afternoon at the Hawthorns. We know, of course. Is it on Amazon Prime? Is it? Yep. Yeah. It is indeed. I wasn't sure. Um, so a real, in my opinion, it's a it's a must must win. We've got to get three points. Yeah. Um, any by any means possible. Um, I would agree. And then following that, we've got Crystal Palace away. Um, yeah. We obviously, we've had had some luck there in the past, but they did beat us quite significantly. Five, I think it was five one at the start of the season. Yeah, we had a player sent off in that match as well, didn't we? Yeah. Um, to, to, I think it was about the middle of the first half. Yeah, it was, a, um, it was quite a controversial one as well, if I remember correctly, being Mateus Pereira falling over and then the player going on yes. to the so, so this will be a, a completely, entirely different game, especially with our January signings beginning to um, settle in quite well now with Yukoslu and Maitland-Niles. Yeah. We've got Snodgrass coming back from injury as well. And um, I've been extremely impressed with the uh, with Maitland Niles and Yukuslu, um in, yeah. in in the middle. Yeah, really think... settled our midfield down, and you can see the difference with us not um, conceding as many goals now. So yeah, um, yeah I... I think Yokosulu has been an absolute gem of a find. He's absolutely transformed our midfield. He's probably better than Livermore and Soyes combined on his own. So I think. 
with him and make the Nars slotting in at midfield with Gallagher. It's just been a quite a formidable force recently. Um, since since they've come in, we've it's been absolutely changed. Um, I think Yokosuda reminds everyone a lot of. Uh, I think it's Jakob. Yeah, Claudio Jakob. He does. He does indeed remind us of uh, the great Claudio Jakob we had playing for us. And yeah. um, I was saying from the very start of our podcast, Josh, um, how much we needed that. Yeah, bit of steel in midfield, um, a ball winner, someone who could pick out yeah. that pass, um, win the ball in midfield. You know, we was desperately, desperately missing that type of player. Yeah, and uh, thankfully, Sam Allardyce found him in Newcastle, and he, he's been he's been absolutely magnificent. And I'd like to say the same about Maitland Niles as well. Yeah, uh, he's playing with passion, he's playing with pace. Um, yeah, he's, he's playing been... like a player who really wants to get back into that Arsenal side. Mm-hmm. So I think he, I think when he gets back, he does have a, a shout of going back there. Um, but he, I think if we stay up, get them both. But I think if I was to prioritise keeping one player, if we stay up, it has to be Yokosuda because I think he, I know that they're both on loan at the minute, mm-hmm. but I don't know if there's any options to buy or anything like that. But I think if it's a priority of one over the other, I'm, I'm definitely keeping Yokosuda. Yeah, I think Maitland Niles has um, staken his claim for the Arsenal first team. I wouldn't be surprised if he if he returns back to to Arsenal and um, after his loan spell with us. But I'll definitely um, echo your sentiments in keeping your Koslu, um in our squad yeah. if we if we stay up that'd be a fantastic signing for us. But then again, it all it all depends on the owners. And whether they're still the owners of our club, and if yeah. they're going to invest the money in in buying him, um, yeah. it's one thing to have a pay, player on loan, and all you're doing is paying his wages. But it seems when it comes up to stumping the cash to buying these players, and the sooner our current owners do one, the better. And get 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 <laughs> yeah. uh, getting some owners that have actually got some ambition. But you all know my thoughts on that, and um, yeah. That's why I think it's vitally important we can stay up and um, it will mean that West Brom retain their um, valuation that the owners want. Um, The last thing we need is the owners not selling because the buyers don't meet the valuation of our club, you know. Um, So, um, 11 games left for ourselves and Newcastle. And Fulham, our next two games, as we've discussed, is uh, Newcastle at home and then Crystal Palace away yep. uh, for Fulham. Their next, next two games before the international break are Liverpool and Man City. So Very difficult for them. I really hope that we can pull back the six points with two wins for ourselves. And I can't really see Fulham beating Liverpool or Man City. I, could, oh, I think they could possibly pull off a shock win against Liverpool because Liverpool are a bit down in the dumps at the minute. They've lost five mm. games at home in a row for the first time in their history, I think. So yeah. um, so you never know what could happen there. It's unlikely that they will. Um, but mm-hmm. I, they're definitely, I don't think they can get a result out of Man City because they are absolutely flying at the minute. So That's right. And then uh, Newcastle, of course, have got ourselves on Sunday afternoon and then Aston Villa following that so Aston Villa could do us a favour. Yeah. Um 
in that match and we could find ourselves within four points of overtaking Newcastle and Fulham um, mm. over the next couple of games if the results go our way. Yeah. And of course, Brighton have got who are on the same level as Newcastle. So equally as as key, they've got Leicester in their next game, which is tonight uh, on the day of recording. So they by the time this comes out, they have already have played. And then later on in the in the weeks, they've got Southampton away and they have also got Newcastle on the 20th of March. So Okay, so two two more very difficult games mm-hmm. for um, Brighton because Leicester are um, in great form. Very, very sad to hear that uh, Harvey Barnes has been injured recently yeah. and is looking for, to have been out for about six weeks. Very, very fond of um, Harvey Barnes. He was absolutely fantastic for us. Such a shame that he, he returned back to um, Leicester during his loan spell with us. Yeah. Uh, you can see he's, he's got great potential and it's very, very sad to hear that of his knee injury that's going to rule him out for yeah. for for over six weeks. So all the best, Harvey Barnes, yeah. in your recovery from Albion. And um, again, yeah. Southampton can pull off um, um, some, some good performances as well. So yeah. um, I think Southampton have found their form. They've are hopefully finding their form again. They beat Sheffield United earlier on this afternoon, till now two 0 which has put them back on the, on the winning streak, mm-hmm. which they had at the start of the season. But yeah, we'll never, we'll never know. Hopefully, they can beat Brighton for us and keep those two teams, and then hopefully Brighton Newcastle draw, and then that'll keep them both down there. That's right. So we um, heading into the international break. We could find ourselves within four points of safety, which yeah. is just a win and a draw. Um, that'd be a nice position to be in but uh, like I've always said you never bet on the Albion because what you, <laughs> what you expect them to do they never do Yeah. and um, <laughs> when you expect them to lose they win and when you expect them to win they lose so let's, uh, let's all bet on uh, losses at the weekend and, uh, yeah. and hopefully we'll come away with the six points and that's uh, that's the joys of being an Albion fan because you just never know what you're going to get. And uh, with 11, 11 games remaining, 33 points up for grabs, yep. we desperately need 10 of those points over the coming weeks. And let's hope that um, we get a little bit more fortune like we had in the Brighton match. And yep. um, we could see ourselves edging a bit. Could, could Sam Allardyce actually do it? Don't forget, we've got Aston Villa and Wolves games coming up yeah. uh, in April as well. So something to look forward to, back-to-back local derbies. Um, yeah. It'd be nice to get revenge against Aston Villa and, of course, the Rub big it into Wolves. black country derby against Wolves. Um, bragging rights on, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sure Wolves and... desperately want that back after their 3-2 loss and then their 5-1 loss early, well, earlier at the start of the decade. So, yeah. yeah. Who knows Definitely. what can happen. Right, what's your score prediction against Newcastle tomorrow then, Josh? What do you think? Well, I know what I want it to be, but like we say, never bet on the Albion, so I'm going to go for a 4-0 loss. <laughs> um, well, I think I think there's plenty of goals. They beat us 2-1. Luck, they luckily beat us 2-1 because we played really well in that game, but then we, we did. with Dwight Gale pulling off a sensational header, he just killed the game off so you never know what could be but I think 
Diagne is going to get a couple. Mm-hmm. I've said that before with Grant, but you know, I think Diagne's got a really good striker's instinct, so we could could see some goals. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'm going for reverse um, yeah. scoreline. We lost, as you mentioned, we lost two one at Newcastle. I think Albion have got enough now. We, like I say, with Yukoslu and Maitland Niles, our defence is looking much stronger. Yeah. And um, I, I, I'm really hoping that we can reverse the scoreline from the previous match and come away with an Albion 2 1 win. Yeah. Well, there's been some uh, bust ups down at Newcastle. So hopefully the players have a little revolt and let us score five. But that would be a real nice um, Sunday afternoon yeah. if that is the case, Josh. Indeed. Yeah, indeed. So. Well, uh, have you got any more you want to talk about with West Brom? No, I think that's about, we've covered everything for today's podcast. It will just be a very nerve-wracking couple of matches in, ahead of us now. Yeah. And um, then I think if we can get a couple of wins under our belt, we can sit back and have a rest during the international break um, yeah. before it all starts again against Chelsea on April the 3rd. Yeah. So cool. let's hope for six points the next time we speak. Sounds good to me. That would be lovely. A nice early birthday treat for me. Yes, indeed. Cool. Indeed. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening to this podcast episode. If you're listening at home, uh, check us out on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash talkalbion. Um, got a nice little community on there. We haven't been posting as regularly, but we should be nice and active again recently with the podcast coming back. So thank you very much for joining us. Um, up the baggies.